Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dylan wasn't going to become a restricted free agent until this summer. Why did you guys want to move quickly to try to get this done sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think, um, as I've said for a while now, you know, we've... Go back to a couple of years ago. We we wanted to make sure that you know we were in the position of identifying the core, how we were going to move forward, um, make sure that we develop those players and then re retain those players. And that's what we've kind of been the plan and the vision and what we've been sticking to. So um, for me, sometimes the timing can be you know different with different players. But what I go back to is. Do we believe that this player truly wants to be here for the right reason, wants to be a Buffalo Saber, loves playing in this organization, and then do we believe that they have an opportunity to continue to get better? And obviously that was the case um, with Dylan and the others that we've signed as well. So, um, you know, we talked in the summer a little bit uh, back, you know, a number of months ago now, and as we got into the season, um, Dylan's agent reached out to me just kind of asking, hey, would be interested in, so the most important thing was that um, really making sure that it wasn't going to become a distraction. You know, I'm happy to do these things anytime if it's the right, you know, as long as it's right for the player. Uh, I spent time with Dylan uh, one-on-one um, a few weeks ago now, just kind of talking about where we're at, where he's at, where we're headed philosophically, making sure that we were aligned in all the ways you need to be. Um, then started meeting with his agent, picked it up on, the, on some of the road trips we were on, and then obviously got to this point in the schedule where then we could really, really get after it and hope, with the hopes of getting it done. So long answer for you, but that's kind of how the timing of it in all ter- worked. In terms of his development, Kevin, um, we've obviously seen signs from him, you know, the talent, a lot of the grit. It seemed like at the World Championship he kind of hit another gear. I don't know, from, from, from where you sit and watching him come along, when did like the light kind of go on, or when did he hit that next level where a deal like this really made sense? Well, so last last season, you know, you take you talk about him his first season. There was a lot of exciting things you could see. Um, I mean, just you could see the talent. Obviously, he's 19 years old, and you saw to me right away a thing that I picked up on back to his rookie year was how much his teammates loved him, how much he cared, his competitiveness. Last year, I started seeing big steps um, in terms of his play, and maybe it wasn't actually ending up with the puck in the net, but you could see the process of his game was, was getting there. It was creating scoring chances. I loved what Dylan did at the end of last season with his purposeful mindset of going to the World Championships because I asked him, I said, you know, what's your goal? You, anybody in that situation, if you go, can just go. But what are you actually trying to accomplish? And he said, I, I want to score goals, you know, and I'm going there to – I know I'm, I'm – capable and I want to kind of you know put the puck in the net and I, I think he led the tournament in goals if I remember right but so I just gives you a little insight into how he's wired and then right in right this year you know I think he's attacked the season um, on and off the ice he's a leader 
Um, he truly cares. He wants to be here. It goes back to what I've been saying over and over again. We have to build this the right way with the right people. And um, when a player like that um, continues to grow and get better and then also loves being here and wants to be a saver, um, then that's the players we want. What about the, from him, I mean, we've seen just the want. He wants more. He Yeah, you know he's a he's an all situation player. Um, you know, you, when you do these things and you look at data and statistics and numbers, and that's it all matters, and you have to look at that stuff. But you're also looking at the process of their game and um, what are they doing, you know, to have success or how are they having success. So you you take all these things into account, but. Stuff that you can't actually tangibly quantify is how competitive you know they are in practice and um, how bad they want to get better. And you know, I just look at a player like Dylan as someone that is hungry every day um, to improve. He works. He is a player that if you're up a goal or down a goal late in the game is going to be on the ice in all likelihood. You know, he's turned into a player now that is. Um, killing penalties, top power play, just, you know, five on five, four on four, three on three, doesn't matter. And that's, uh, those are really important players. And he's, by the way, he's, I think it's his birthday. He's, you know, just turning 22 years old. So that's, uh, that's pretty exciting for us. So you take all that into account, but at the end of the day, um, he is ultra competitive and he loves the game. And if you can get those type of people in your locker room, it makes everyone everyone around them better as well, and that's something that's really important. Kevin, you've clearly identified your core in a lot of ways, and Dylan becomes another piece of that. As you go forward here, you've always talked in terms of the long-term prism. How do you balance the long-term prism of building your team with the short-term of being where you are in the standings and the trade deadline coming and I know you don't want to upset the apple cart, but you're probably in a position, if I had asked you in September, you didn't expect to be in. Well, I think, I think Mike, there's a couple thoughts that I have with that. One, um, you can't fast forward, okay? And I, I firmly believe this, and I'm going to keep saying it because I just truly believe it's the right way to build. Um, you have to draft well. You have to develop your players and your system. And as you learn about them more and more and you see them progress, you have a lot of information. And players that you believe are going to help you um, compete for, for championships, you lock up, you retain, and, and that's how we do things. Now, in saying that, you're always looking every day. You know, what do we need to do? How do we need to help our organization get better? Having conversations. That's, that's all part of uh, my job, and I'm going to be in every one of those conversations. But we will not compromise um, short-term you know, today's success for the vision in the longer term. And the reason I believe in that so much is because we want to set this organization organization up for sustainable success. Year after year, giving yourself a chance to be there. And, you know, you get in and then anything can happen, but you have to have that sustainable success year after year to give yourself those shots. So it's all stuff we'll balance and we'll talk about. Um, I'm proud of the position that our players have, have put themselves in through their work and their commitment and their care. Um, and we'll, we'll now we'll just you know do everything we can inside a room to help them. Um, but it's an exciting time, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back at it here. You know, some of these guys have been in it. Alex Tuck's been in it. Anderson's been in it. Is part of the process here just seeing how a lot of your core guys are going to react to this situation for sure and it's all this is part of the process you know the you can talk about um 
how do I explain this the right way? You can talk about what it means to play in the playoffs, and but you don't until you get there and you feel that and okay, that's that you're talking about it. Well, right now these this is this is a part of our learning process and what we're going through and the players showing up to the rink with very important points on the line and that's all part of this so i think it's really valuable for us now in saying that you have to stay present you have to stay completely engaged in the moment um and you know my conversations with these guys the coaches um is let's go after it no fear just go out there and and go compete and that's what they've been doing all along so this is an important step for us and i'm excited for the guys to now go have fun and play as a former player who's you know who's reached the top of the mountain um, I just, I guess I want to follow up on what you just said. The stretch run is obviously going to be really intense and be accelerate development. But the actual postseason, the game reaches a new level. I think we probably all agree. Like, what would be the value short term of getting some of this youth you have into a round in the playoffs? How valuable would that be in terms of the long term? I think a lot of people would probably ask. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer, honestly, because, of course, you, you know, you wake up every day and, and you think about it. But I guess what I would kind of go back to is we talk a lot inside a room about winning the moments of the day, getting better every day. And I really believe this. And you can say that, you know, it's, it's easy to stand up here and say this, but I really believe the talent we have in our room is real. And if we get better every day, we'll put ourselves in a position to have that, you know, opportunity to play. And, um, what we don't want to do is compromise on, on the vision and on the plan that we have, going back to my earlier comment, because I do think you can, you can get um, away from you know, the sustainable long-term success that we're trying to build if you make emotional decisions or you do something you know, trying to just squeeze a few extra points right now. We have to stick to it. And by the way, completely believe in our guys in the room. You know, they, they've, they've earned the right to be in this battle now, and now let's go have fun with it. You've talked about this in other situations, like drafting. You sit the scouts in the analytics department. You all get at the table, and you always talk about it. Maybe guys you're going to trade for. Maybe again, you're all going to sit down and talk about this guy. When you identify, all right, who are the players? Who are these guys that we need to identify? Now, of course, there's always risk. None of us know if any of them are going to live up to it. But you can limit that risk. Do you still sit down with the analytics people? Sit down with the coaching staff? get around and say, all right, what do you guys think of Tage Thompson or Samuelson or Cousins or Darlene or whatever that may be as you're trying to identify who these players are that you want to go for? Yeah, it's, that's a great way to put it, to frame the question, Paul. Um, I really believe strongly in um, asking questions. Uh, I have very, my own, like anyone would, your own strong personal views of what I see what I witness every day. It's why when I'm, especially when I'm in town and stuff and I, I watch practice so closely, just, you know, you pick up on those things. But I absolutely believe in collaboration and communication within our organization. And, um, you know, if you line people up, it'd probably be like, oh, yeah, Kevin asked, you know, over and over again. But I want to, and it's not necessarily that I'm looking for everyone to agree with me or to say what I want to hear. It's just to check it all. Like, from the numbers and the data, is this what this is what I'm seeing? Is this what's actually coming through in in you know the analytics, um, the scouting, the the coaching staff? They have a whole different feel. They're on the bench, you know. They're feeling what it what it's like in the heat of the moment, the emotion coming after shifts. I mean, all of that stuff matters. So you take 
all of it into account, and then you have to be aligned. You can't, you cannot force a player to want to be somewhere where they don't want to be, even if you overpay and give a contract that they feel like they should be there. You just can't force it. It has to be real. And that's why these conversations are so important, you know, even my own relationship building with the player. Because, of course, I'm negotiating with the agent, um, you know, going through this process. But I have to have a real relationship with our players to make sure that I'm feeling comfortable that this is where they want to be. So all of that, it plays a role in this. Um, and then you ultimately you get to can we, can we get a deal done that makes sense for both sides? Because I think that's, that's how these things have to work. You know, it can't just work for one side. Yeah, I think when it comes to these type of um, contract negotiations, um, discussions, you know, not wanting to get exactly into the numbers publicly, but you take it all into account. You're looking internally at your own roster. We have uh, Mark Jakubowski does a phenomenal job within our hockey ops department of, you know, projecting contracts. We, we have multiple iterations of years and years and years projecting out. And some of the stuff you can't, you know, we don't know exactly the timeline of certain players, but we do that all the time. Um, so we we look at that, and then obviously there's there's contracts in the marketplace that are comparables. That's just the, na- the nature of negotiations, whether that's, um, you know, us talking to the agent about here's some comparables, them bringing, you know, the players that they see in the marketplace that um, and those things are challenging sometimes to work through. But so, you know, in answer to the question, kind of all of it. You know, we, we look at everything, and then we have, obviously, you have to make your own internal um, decisions um, on what we think makes the most sense. Yeah, he skated today. Uh, the break came at a great time for him. You know, he, he was upset. You know, upset's the wrong word. I was uh, disappointed for him not to be able to play in the All-Star game and, you know, with the year he's having. and. But he needed it, um, and he skated today, went really well. The expectation is that, you know, he unless something changes overnight, that he practice full tomorrow. Kevin, when you mentioned projections and how you project these guys out, Dylan projects out to possibly be a 70-point, 30-point guy this year. What kind of ceiling do you envision? Well, that's, that's the exciting part, honestly, for me. Um, when we look at these things, you really want to think about um, one, does the player have the will and the work ethic and the drive to get better every day? They want to get better. Um, and then do you see in their underlying numbers and their process and also what you visually see, practice or games, them getting better? So you look at all that. You know, uh, I believe that he is a chance to just keep keep getting better. And whatever that the numbers are, they'll be. But um, I think he's just scratching the surface. I honestly do. I believe um, he's he's got an elite kind of talent base where now he's starting to get ex- enough experience that he knows when and how to use the talent, um, and he's got some pretty good players around him too, which is exciting. Kevin, you, now, sorry, you now have things. You now have two centers locked up for a long time. When you're putting together a roster, how much flexibility does that give you, knowing that okay, we're going to have the middle of the ice at the top, kind of just locked down. Yeah, not just because I'm a former center, but it's uh, no, it's important. It's critical. You look at success that teams have. Um, it's in a very important position. 
Um, you know, this is a this signing Dylan was a really important piece of what we're trying to do here, and there's there's more to come. You know, there's you guys all know that um, we need to continue to work towards locking the core up um, and making sure that we're setting ourselves up for when you get the get the group you know core players under contract with term and ideally um, for the right reasons then now you can kind of round it out but um, I also always want to be mindful of um, young players and their development and making sure we're setting them up for success and um, it's why you guys you know, know that last year I was talking a lot about making sure we didn't block the development of the Quins and Paterkas and Krebs and Samuelsons and now Owen Power, obviously, in his, you know, his first full season. So those are all the things that I balance. But, yeah, absolutely, to have to have Tage and um, Dylan under contract now long term, it's huge for us. It's huge, huge for the organization. And it also, I think, sends a strong message to our, our fans that, you know, these guys want to be here. And they love being savers, and it's real, and that's exciting for me. What's your reaction when you see how many of those guys actually spend time together over the break? It's amazing. And I can tell you, Lance, I'm glad you asked that because um, I've been on a lot of teams in my playing career over the years, and I've had situations that I did that, and, I, you know, you go away. And I have situations where, like, I just need to get away, you know, and, like, to have these guys – a lot of different players, and it wasn't just the group that, you know, um, was down in Bahamas or whatever. There was another group that went out to Arizona. I, I think that's pretty special. And these guys are around each other a lot, and then when they get free time and can go away for a few days and they still want to be around each other. And also, by the way, the, the girls want to spend time together. I think it's really important. Um, and that's another part of it. You know, these guys care about each other, and they want the best for each other. And that's not something that we'll ever take for granted because it's it's not easy to have, and I'm excited about that. In conjunction with Lance's question, what about when you read Rasmus Donnelly writing a letter to the fans on his own? What did that make you feel? <sighs> I am not surprised because Rasmus is really a special person, and he is um, – I mean, you guys deal with him every day, and you see just the maturity he has now and the presence that he has – it meant a lot to me to read that because I just thought it was uh, from the heart, and it's just, um, and I think it spoke to the hockey world from that locker room, not just Rasmus's words, but it, you know, it was from the the team. Um, these guys want to make this town proud. They they want to make this organization proud. They they wake up and they have a little bit of a um, belief in what we're building here. But they also have something that you can't um, you can't fake. They 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 love when they say I'm a Buffalo Saber. Like they love living here. They love talking to people in the grocery store, out to dinner, the stuff that's gone on. And you guys know over the last year with the you know tough challenges that we've been through as a community, they they take that personal. So that kind of t- all of that came out to me when I read um, Rasmus's letter. I thought it was amazing, and hopefully you guys did as well. How much do you think the Ryan Miller night? added to that because he referenced it and I mean you remember what it was like here that you competed against yeah. at that time um, I guess looking back on that and, and adding that into the mix so to speak I mean I think their vision was there before but how yep. much did that well I, well I actually would back up a little further last year I will say this I believe that the kind of journey that our team was on through the RJ you know kind of um, season was actually subtly very powerful and what I mean by that is 
I mean, as a Buffalonian and someone that grew up loving the Sabres, I was learning on the Jumbotron and, and learning on different things, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Or So I think these guys basically last year got a history lesson in what the organization is all about in the past and why it's important to people in this community. And then I think the Ryan <coughs> Miller night punctuated in a different way. They felt that again, but also that era of players, there were so many of them back, and they talked after the game, and I, I was there, and they were all telling stories, and the you know the old guys that are now they're way better players than they actually were because they can you know think back and, and pretend, and um, you know and it's true though, and they're telling the guys about you have no idea how loud this place was, and it actually was amazing for me because I remember being in here during the playoffs and. With the game in overtime, I think it was game six of the conference finals, and I was in the locker room, and I never heard the, the, how loud the building was, and I was in the locker room by then, and these guys were talking about it, and it just kind of it gave me chills thinking about it because that's what these guys are, are going to experience here, and I think it, it was an important night for us. Kevin, you know, obviously, that playoff hockey, and even competing at the end of the season is a little different. You had a game, I think it was the Carolina game, I don't remember this one, there was a game where you had a no-hitter in the first period, uh, how much more physicality is in your room, and how much is that an area that might need to be addressed? You know, it's it's something that I, I do think about a lot, and I ask. It goes back to me asking questions. You know, I I just I asked Kyle Ekposo this recently. You know, do you feel that we're getting pushed around? Do you feel that we're, you know, are we lacking something? I mean, these guys are the ones that are going out there on the ice. You know, I'd be crazy not to ask them. Um not something that there's a sense that we're missing or they feel um, that we're lacking in any way, but you know what gets what gets ramped up from now to the end of the year is just every puck battle, every you know um, shift that you're at the end of the shift where man, you just want to be a little bit you know I don't know whatever the right word is casual, boom matters, and so that's the feeling, and then the guys are excited about that. And so we'll keep our eye on it. But um, I think we have a really competitive group. I think um, we have guys that actually, to me, what's way more powerful than anything is when guys stand up for each other. And we've seen that over and over again when it's needed. Um, so it's something we'll we'll keep our eye on. And if we think it was an issue, then we'd address it. I know you've been asked this, Kevin, but where do you stand on goaltending? Here and organizationally speaking. And do you have the answers you want or you're starting to get them or is the stretch run? Maybe going to give you some. Yeah, I mean, all of the above. You know, I think what I can what I can honestly tell you is, um, I, I had uh, breakfast with Kyle yesterday, and we talked about this a little bit. And he said, you know, what's exciting for us as players is we we believe in all three guys that when we go on the ice, no matter who's in the net, we feel that we have a chance to go win a hockey game, and that's 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 a great thing for us. I'll start there. Um, I think UPL when you talk about. What I've said over the last couple of years is him getting the minutes, getting the time. I was less concerned last summer about exactly which league he was in, which may sound bizarre, but it really was how I felt because he just needed the reps and needed the chance to get in a rhythm. But for him to kind of come up when the opportunity arose and to, to do what he's done, I think has been tremendous. And it's been, it's been great to see him continue to be calm. And now when you look at UPL, Regardless of the building we're playing, opponent we're playing, you know, he has a maturity about him. That's exciting. I mean, Andy's just been so good for us. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, we know where he's at um, age-wise, and we have to be smart with the, the, his ability to play too many minutes and too much. But, you know, we want to make sure when he plays that he's 
ready and he's been great for us. And, you know, Comrie is a situation where I think that um, we all believe in him. We really like him. And obviously he had the injury and it's a tough one. He missed quite a bit of time, but and now we're in a situation we'll go week by week. You know, we'll kind of see where we're at. Um, organizationally, um, you know, certainly excited about what's going on with Devin Levi right now. I don't know if you guys watched the bean pot the other night, but, um, you know, he's doing some pretty special things in college hockey and uh, just feel that he's going to be, you know, someone, he's going to be a good NHL goaltender. We're excited about that. Um, you know, but that's just something we'll address every summer. You know, we'll continue to talk about what we need to do and moves we need to make. But where we're at right now, we feel good about. As a GM, this is your first go in this spot. What's your reaction when you're battling with teams and you see the Islanders at a Horvath? <laughs> well, I, I guess I would say this. Um, I always pay attention to what's going on. Um, I think about it. I put myself in different scenarios to say, hey, would I have done this and why? Or, you know, so I, I constantly am always asking myself those questions. But kind of what I flip back to is this time of year is you can you can sit on the couch on off nights and you can watch the games and, you know, get mad when the team gets an extra point or whatever it is. But I honestly believe it, you go back to what are we doing and how are we playing? And if we take care of the business that we need to take care of, we'll be fine. So um, it's not worth getting, you know, it's kind of the saying, you, you focus on what you can control. So I don't think a ton about it because everybody's in different situations and different, um, you know, how their organization, the age of their team, where they're evolving to. Um, and I, you know, just focus so much on us. But I do look at it. And it kind of goes to my other point is you just brought it up too. I'm sure the Pittsburgh, Colorado thing is one you're referencing. That yeah. was one that looked like they're getting zero and all of a sudden they get two. But ultimately you're right though. Is it your mindset has to be, hey, we've got – Two games left the Washington and two games of Florida and the Islanders and you're gonna to have to win your own games anyway. Yeah, and you know what? I honestly just some I really believe that you can drive yourself crazy or you can worry about it or whatever, and you're gonna pay attention, of course. The guys are looking at standards. That's 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 great. You wanna acknowledge it, but it just comes back to you have to do what you you have to do to get in and at the end of the day, generally you guys all know where the points need to be to get to get there, and that's what we have to worry about. Yeah, it was it was tough. You know, I mean, first of all, for so many reasons, because Casey is uh, he's a phenomenal person. Um, I love where he was compared to where he was two years ago in the organization to where he got to. Um, I love the character he has and everything about him. He turned himself into an NHL player, which is why he got claimed. Um, so, you know, what I will say is it's pretty exciting to see the ascent that Cal Clegg's had in his game and where he's he's gotten to and it gives us a pretty um, for me an, an exciting young player that we think is going to have a chance to get better and better but do think about it um, you know because there's some there's some veterans in Rochester um, but not a ton of NHL experience um, on the back end so it's something we'll pay attention to obviously Lawrence is uh Lawrence is there and he's been with us this year that we know he can step in and play NHL games um, but um, it's something we'll definitely be talking about. Ah, man, you know, um, Owen is is you have to sometimes remember that he's a rookie and that he's uh, 20 years old because take away the goals and assists, what he's done at different times this year is pretty remarkable as a defenseman at 20 years old to play. 
I mean, I think the Boston game, he's at 29 and a half minutes, and sometimes earlier in the year with our injuries, you know, he's been in that range. It's tough. What I've seen out of him is just a calmness and confidence that he believes he can be a difference maker every day, and he absorbs so much information so quickly, and then he can immediately take it into the next game. So I think the goals were just a byproduct of how well he's played. I think he could have been, I mean, you guys watch close, he could have scored multiple, multiple goals game and game and game before that. So I think it was just a matter of time, but um, it's good for him. I mean, the kid's been phenomenal. Um, everything about him, I love the way he handles himself. I mean, if you didn't know better, you'd think he's a 10-year NHL veteran um, on and off the ice, just the way he handles himself, and that's, that's pretty exciting to have. How do you get better at home? Well, <laughs> you know, I, it's an interesting question because I was thinking, I got asked the other day about our, our road record, and I was, I was actually thinking a lot about our, okay, on the road, what are our guys doing differently than home? You know, that's the first thing you think about. And I, I, I don't have a great answer for you, Mike, other than, um, you know, sometimes a young team may feel like, okay, at home I have to, I want to make sure the fans are having a good time, whatever that is, you know, and I'm, not, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean, you feel like, okay, we got to do this to make sure our fans are into it tonight. I just think we have to be us, you know. Our kids are talented, um, and, you know, we talk about earning it all the time, and it's the reason that's such an important phrase in our organization is what we've talked about is earn it, meaning Earn the respect every day when you walk in this building from yourself, that you're doing everything you can. Earn the trust and the respect of your teammates. Ultimately, then, earn the trust and respect of our fans. Earn the trust and respect of the media. And I, and I think we're, we're, we're getting there. You know, I believe that our fans are starting to see what's going on here and what's building. Um, and I think hopefully they really give us a boost down the stretch here. It would be exciting for us. Big picture, great. You know, I think they've had what you would expect from such young players is times where you're like, wow, that was pretty special, and then times where they've had dips. And that's why we've, you know, we've Donnie and I talk every day about this. That's why there's been times where we've pulled them out of the lineup, take a break, reset, you know, get your mind sharp again. But big picture, um, I'm really excited. I think those kids are going to be um, tremendous players. They fit in the group. Um, they're dynamic in different ways, you know, they, but they, they also have a great friendship, those two off the ice. Um, they love playing together, and I think, you know, the big brother and Dylan, that's, you know, such a young guy himself, has been a great stabilizer for them. Kevin, when you were asked about the physical component earlier, do you sense that the desire, demand to have players like that in the lineup, has it changed at all when you talk with other GMs around the league, especially as we get closer? to a deadline like is it still as big a commodity you know it's changed a lot over the years i mean you you know that and um the game is so fast now and you have to be able to process the game at a high speed and you have to be able to make plays at high speed so there's always going to be a need for competitive hard players i call it hard skill but Having that doesn't mean you have to be 6'4 and 230. You can be 5'9 or 5'10. Like I, I would say Matt Savoy um, has hard skill. He plays a highly competitive, high-intensity game. But So it's just a different way of doing it now where the puck battles and competitiveness has to be there. So 
Um, I think it has changed, Duffer, just, just the way the game's evolved. Um, you know, yeah, if you if you you know you need toughness when you need it, but um, I don't have a question in this group that these guys aren't, aren't competitive and, you know, care about each other enough that they're going to battle together. And how would you characterize talks across the league right now? Obviously, we've seen Horvat dealt, we've seen Tarasenko dealt now. Um, you know, we're a few weeks out from the deadline. Is it... Is it different and busier for you right now? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a really unique uh, situation we have going on with with the cap and the amount of teams that are in you know in a specific you know challenging spot with their own cap, and then amount of players out there you know whether that's potential UFAs or uh, players that are maybe you know getting squeezed by the team just based on their their own internal structure. So. A lot of conversations, and what I want to make sure that we are is always in the middle of them, always knowing exactly what's going on, have a pulse of the entire league of, you know, we have to know whether it's something we would ever do is, is um, we want to be making sure that we have those conversations internally and say, hey, it makes sense for us or it doesn't. Um, but, but there's a lot going on, a lot of conversations, and, um, you know, and we're always going to be attached to rumors and stuff. Part of that's because we have a lot of calf space. We have a lot of young assets. Um, Nicole tells me what I need to know, and I don't worry too much about it. But we're always going to be in those conversations. That's my job, for sure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 